Alright, what is going on everybody? We are back, Chris Cason and Cameron Smith for another edition of our NBA Finals Podcast. And last night, Chris, one of the most epic NBA final games that we have ever witnessed in our lifetime so far. And not to say that it might not be anything that could be better than that, yeah. but it's gonna be hard to top what happened in game six in that overtime win for the Miami Heat. So we're gonna backtrack just a little bit. We're gonna get to game six and talk about everything that went on last night. And just the ups and downs and changes of momentum and, and game-changing plays. But with our last podcast, we, we kind of set everything up with the series between the San Antonio Spurs and the Miami Heat. We broke down the matchups and who we thought would win the series. You did, you held off on your prediction, so you didn't give a prediction. I said Miami was going to win in seven, and it's kind of holding true a little bit. I got to a game seven, but we'll see what's going to happen Thursday night. But the series has been going back and forth. Uh, for six games for the past uh, two weeks that it's been going and it's been just great basketball being played from two great teams to one great coach I'm not gonna say Eric Spoelstra is a great coach but he's a really good coach so two two really good coaches and, and just marquee players on both sides that have stepped up and show why they're the elite of the elite definitely I mean you know it's been a lot of awkward things that happened throughout the course of the series you see like three straight blowout games, yeah. you know, teams, both teams winning by decisive margins. I've never seen that uh, before. But, you know, the thing that I was glad to see is Dwayne Wade, game four and game five, woke up right. a little bit. He was that old Dwayne Wade of, from 2006 to through that 2010 that I thought we weren't going to see ever again. And right. it looked like, you know, with the knee injury that we weren't going to see that Dwayne Wade in these finals. So I'm glad he stepped up. But, you know, it's been a chess match. It's a chess match now. Everybody knows what the other team is mm -hmm. running right now. And it's all about execution. You know, I didn't give a prediction, but, you know, if you go back and listen to my words, it's pretty much in favor of San Antonio yeah. because I felt that this is a team that you can't make mistakes with or too many mistakes because they're going to capitalize on those and if you just look at what Danny Green's been able to do right. Kawhi Leonard even though it's been subtle with what Kawhi Leonard's doing 21 years old his first NBA Finals and you wouldn't be able to tell it um, you can look at the contributions from the role players the Boris Diaz who's a big story now right. for his defense yeah. of LeBron James and you know, guys like Ray Allen stepping up, Mike Miller from Miami, uh, Chris Anderson being the storyline, not having played the past, the previous two games before game six. So guys like that, you look at the contributions for them, man, that's pretty much what's going to decide game seven. Right. Because we all seen what happened in game six, but it was Ray Allen hitting the three-pointer. It was Mario Chalmers pretty much keeping the heat alive throughout yeah. game six. He had a big first quarter. Definitely. I mean, you know, so that's, you just don't want game seven to be a let down in any way. You don't want one team to come out and just get blown out. You mm -hmm. want it to come down to exactly how it came down to the last game where it's just all about execution. Now the last game seven that we saw was the Los Angeles Lakers against the Boston Celtics in LA um, and during that time, that was 2010, that, that uh, final game took place wasn't one of the most prettiest games that, that we would love to enjoy in, in terms of, of a final game between two teams that have battled for six straight games. The ball wasn't shot well. It was just a physical uh, game. Both teams were tired, yeah. and you can see that uh, from after the, the tough game six that they played in. So I think it's going to be not the prettiest game seven we're going to witness because the players just spent so much energy in game six last night and giving it their all. And 
I don't think that they're, they're they'll have the legs because it's such a quick turnaround. Yeah, they have a one day rest, but you know when when you've logged so many minutes, like LeBron James has logged, or Tony Parker, or even Tim Duncan, who set that those final moments of the fourth quarter, which sent the game into overtime. Those players have played so many minutes that it's going to be really tough for them to wake their bodies back up on Thursday night to get ready for a game. And some people may say, well, it's a game seven. It's the final game. How could you not get up for it? I'm sure these players are going to be excited for the game and want to bring out their, 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 their highest competitive level. But the body can only do so much. So we'll see what's going to happen in that game seven. But I just don't anticipate them having a, a pretty game. Yeah. I think it'll be a, a drag out, very physical game, and it's not going to be the ball's not going to be shot well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a very great point because you look at Tim Duncan, 37 years old, 44 minutes last night. Right. Kawhi Leonard, still young, 21, 46. Tony Parker, 43. Ginobili, 35. You look at LeBron, 49 minutes, 46 seconds. You know, the, it kind of is setting up to where if Miami is to win this thing. Dwayne Wade actually and Chris Bosh, you know, all the heat they've taken, you know, pretty much for the last three playoff series that yeah. they've been in, it's a chance for them to now kind of redeem themselves. Chris Bosh only played 39 minutes last night. Dwayne Wade, 37 minutes. There was a that huge stretch in the fourth quarter where they weren't in the game. Right. I mean, LeBron pretty much was the catalyst throughout that whole fourth quarter, and I believe they got in like somewhere around four minutes. Uh, remaining. So if there ever was a game, you know, Dwayne Wade's already had the game four and the game five, but if there ever was a game for him to kind of sort of redeem himself, mm -hmm. all the talk throughout his injuries, all the talk about, you know, can he still, you know, provide what we're accustomed to seeing for him, this would be that game in game seven. I mean, you know, I don't know how much he has left because, right. like I said, game four and game five, I believe that took a toll out on him because yeah. he was just flat out, you know, going hard. Right, right. I mean, he wasn't settling. He wasn't, you know, deferring too much to LeBron. He actually was just playing the way that he was supposed to be playing. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I look for him and Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh had a good defensive game yesterday, 10 right. points, 11 rebounds. But it's time for him. Time for them to do something more, I mean, because we're all putting the onus on LeBron right. so much. And, you know, just, you just think about if they would have lost last night, what would the story have been? It would have been about San Antonio mm -hmm. being a great team, possibly, you know, quote-unquote dynasty, the fifth title. It would have been about LeBron. Shot right. three for 12 going into the fourth quarter. And even though those last two minutes, after he scored the 16 points, you know, he had two big turnovers, yeah. a missed three. You know, if they lose that game, we're all talking about him for possibly until next season begins. And Wade and Bosch get the pass. Yeah, so and, and you touched on the minutes that the, that the Heat players play with Wade and, and Bosch. But the thing that really scares me, if you look at LeBron's minutes, he, he played 50 minutes last night. And so we saw last year that he had issues with cramping yeah. against Oklahoma City and trying to close him out in that final game down in South Beach. So that really worries me going into game seven on Thursday night because this is a guy that does so much for the Heat on both ends of the floor. And really people don't see that. They just expect him to score the basketball. Well, if you look at the job that he did on Tony Parker last night and really limiting his scoring, uh, even though Parker hit a big three over LeBron yeah. in those final moments of the fourth quarter but he just does so much in scoring assisting creating plays for his teammates rebounding the basketball defensively we saw he got a big block on Tim Duncan he exerts so much energy yeah. and gives Miami so much you wonder if he's going to have anything left in the tank 
for game seven and you may say okay well he's LeBron James he can do anything he's basically a physical specimen out there but again going back to my point last year we saw him cramping up can Dwayne Wade, can Chris Bosh, can even Mario Chalmers step up and, and provide spurts or moments where LeBron can get rest, whether he's going to the bench or he's in the corner offensively, and those those three guys are trying to create plays or making plays for the Heat that will allow LeBron to rest and be able to come back in other spurts to make big, big baskets or come up with big defensive stops. So that's the big thing that, 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 that worries me in Game 7 with Miami. Yeah, they're going to be at home. Yeah, they're going to have the home crowd. But fatigue is going to be a factor for LeBron James. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think fatigue is going to be an issue for both teams. Like you said, it's going to be probably one of those drag-out games. And like I said, like any game in this series is, come to, is going to come down to – Execution. I mean, everybody talks about the monumental collapse San right. Antonio had, but it's a veteran ball club. I mean, they've been through everything you right. know, together, especially, you know, the core of Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. And Ginobili needs to have a, a big game. Yeah. Again, you know, he stepped up, I believe, in game five, mm -hmm. you know, had a, a throwback game. He's going to need to do that again because yesterday he was just awful. Eight turnovers, yeah, man. Eight, eight turnovers. turnovers. I mean, some huge huge turnover. He doesn't look like himself out there. He's a little bit unsure of what mm -hmm. he wants to do and certain gaps that he used to be able to get to, he's now struggling right. you know, to get to those gaps. It's also a credit to Miami's defense, but you know, we're used to seeing Ginobili you know, overcome uh, things like that. But, you know, a lot of guys just need to step up for both teams. I mean, I believe, I don't know how much Duncan will have left. Like mm -hmm. I said, 25 points in the first half last night. He was going for he was going for the win. Yeah, he was. You know, he, he was. was. <laughs> he was leaving it all out there. You know, everybody talked about, okay, we got one game here and then we got another game on Thursday. No, he wanted to end yeah. this yeah. now. I mean, because I really believe that this is the end of that big three in San Antonio. I don't know what Duncan's plans are as far as retirement, but mm -hmm. Ginobili, like after this series, I believe, like he's done. I mean, yeah. you just have to look at it physically. He's not able to do, you know, what he's accustomed to doing. Right. And you look at somebody who's played the game one way their entire career. Mm -hmm. It's very hard adjusting and, you know, trying to someone trying to put you into a role now. Say, hey, right. you're a spot up shooter now. So, you know, who knows? I mean, Parker will still be there, but Duncan's 37. Sooner or later, Father Time, you know, say, hey, you know, you got to leave the court, come over to this rocket chair. <laughs> you know, but it's going to be a great game, man. You know, it's going to come down to, like I said, execution, coaching, you know, the matchups and everything. We all know uh, what's going to happen there, but it's all going to come down to execution now. I mean, the, everybody's tired at this point. Right. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's a little bruised, but, you know, this. Winter, literally, like go home and have the rest of the summer just kicking yourself, looking back and saying, "Well, if we would have did this in games right. such and such, we would have been in a better position." It's all about execution now. Well, we'll see what San Antonio is going to bring to the game Thursday night in Game Seven because it it was just a bad movie for them. Because as I was sitting watching the game last night, I couldn't believe at how blatant. Miami gave or how obvious they, they didn't want to, it was so obvious that they didn't want to win the game with the turnovers and the, the position that the Spurs were put in to win an NBA championship. They were right there yeah, I mean, and uh, right in their hands. Miami's body language yeah, too. I mean, yeah. you, you, we mentioned before we started, like just the, the complaining of calls. Right. If there's one team 
and a time that you don't sit there and complain about college is the NBA Finals, right. especially against a team like the Spurs. Say, say you get there was a lot of calls not being called. I will say that, but you're going to the rim and you're getting hit and you're gonna lay on the floor. You're gonna stay back while a team is already racing down the court and try to complain about the call. Let that go. Get back on defense because there's no kind of gesturing or mm-hmm. argument that you that. It's going to get that call back. Right, right. The refs are going to say, you know what? You know, you did get fouled. Let's go right. ahead and restart that. So get back on defense and play. And that's been Miami's – that's a hindrance pretty much throughout the series. You know, they feel like they get hit. A guy stays back in disbelief. I right. can't believe you didn't call that. And, you know, San Antonio is getting back on the other end and they're getting a three-pointer or they're getting an easy bucket because it's five on four. So, right. I mean – that cannot happen in Game 7. There was a moment in the fourth quarter where Dwayne Wade was, was fouled. He thought he was fouled and was let, and stayed back to complain to the officials. And, and the camera angle that they had, uh, the position that they had, you could see Miami's bench. And you could see Udonis Haslam raise off the bench and try and encourage Wade to say, hey, get back, stop complaining, we need you back on defense. Because while Wade was complaining, San Antonio was in transition. So they weren't worried about, oh, did the ref call a foul? We're going to stop playing and see if Dwayne Wade is okay. No, they got the ball. They were back down the other end. And Udonis Haslam was trying to tell Wade, hey, get back on defense. Basically, stop crying. We need you back on defense because you're not going to get calls. And hopefully, Spolster brings that up in the film session that Miami is going to have and make his players realize that, hey, Thursday night is going to be a game seven. You're not going to get calls. You just have to play through things. Even if you feel that you're getting hit, Play through it. Attack the basket like the refs aren't going to call the call fouls. And I'm sure that Popovich is going to say the same thing to his first team and with Manu Ginobili because that final play with him trying to slice through four Heat players, like if that was an old Ginobili, he would have made that play. Yeah. But it's not it's not the same Ginobili. It's a 35-year-old Manu, Manu Ginobili that's been playing professional basketball for 17 years, six years overseas, and 11 years in the NBA. So this is a guy that can't splice through players like he used to when we saw when they played against Detroit back yeah. in 2004, how he just ripped their defense up. But they have to be able to to finish plays if you're San Antonio and they you saw them start to complain towards the end of that fourth yeah. quarter with Ginobili Tim Duncan even complained about a foul a foul call that he felt was missed by the officials in Miami broke so these two teams have to just realize that hey game seven is going to be physical mano y mano one-on-one me and you we have to go get it yeah I mean if you're San Antonio you go I'm going right back to Duncan right you know, early just to see what he has right. at that moment because you look at game six, there was nothing they could do with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made Chris Bosch look 37 yeah. <laughs> out there. I mean, it was it was a clinic. It was yeah. a big man clinic. I mean, and he's done that a few times uh, throughout the series, but it wasn't like that. Right. It wasn't just, you know, hey, give me the ball, clear out, I'm going to work. This was 2000. 2003, Tim Duncan, I mean, he was going to work down there. I mean, so I go to him early just to get that established because now what that does is pretty much that creates space for your shooters because if you're Miami, Chris Bosh has got him, you have to double now. Right. So, you know, Danny Green shot one for five yesterday. I don't think... You know, only have finished with three points. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't. You know, they made a conscious effort to go out there and really try to challenge them. I don't know why it's taking so long, but right. 
and I made a conscious effort to go out there and make sure that he didn't have the looks that he was getting the previous five games before yesterday. But Kawhi Leonard, you got him cutting back door. You know, if Duncan doesn't have it going, then you go right into your pick and roll game with Tony Parker. Right. You know, I really believe they do need to bring Ginobili back off the bench. I don't think he should start um, in game seven because you know, there's putting expectations on him mm-hmm. to deliver. I, I believe, like, if you leave him on the bench, you know, he can come in. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, getting the ball to dunk. He right. just pretty much play free. And that's the that's when he's at his best, when he's able to play free, not be able to think about, hey, getting the ball to the post right. and things like that. He needs the ball in his hands. And I believe with the second unit, you can do that. You also bring Gary Neal. That also creates, you know, opportunities for him because – Teams are going to have to, you know, at least crowd Ginobili when he does break down the uh, initial line of defense. Right. And Gary Neal, I believe, needs to uh, – he'll have a good game. Um, and for Miami, you look at, like I said, Dwayne Wade, he has to give them something. Right. I mean, whether it's 20 points, 8 assists, or something, he needs to do something. He has to be some sort of a factor. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Bosh as well. I mean, Chris Bosh is too good to – just be marginal. Right. And he's just a mid-range shooter at this point in in this entire playoffs. Kind of like, it's upsetting to watch because, you know, what's at stake? I mean, he's been here before, so none of this is new to him. I mean, this is the third finals, so there's no shrinking under pressure or anything. He knows Tim Duncan by now. He should be able to know that he can put the ball on the floor against Duncan, kind of go around him, even though Tim Duncan is an exceptional defender, especially down low and guarding the rim, but those role players from Miami have to step up. Mike Miller, Ray Allen, Chris Anderson with his en- energy. Norris Cole also yeah, on the bench. Not play, got a yeah, DMP. Exactly. I mean, you know, you got to, he's going to be counted on next game because I don't know if we're going to see another Mario Chalmers like performance. Right. He, can't, can't he hasn't exactly been, you know, a model of consistency right. throughout the series. So I don't know if. That'll happen again. Right. Uh, game seven adjustments will be made, but I'm looking forward to see what's what's going to happen. What team is going to make the right execution? Mm-hmm. Fatigue, of course, will be um, a part of it, but who's going to be that team that says, you know what? You know, forget the fatigue. We're going to go out here, leave it all on the line, and you know, it's pretty much a coin flip at this moment. Who right. got, who who will win it? I mean, you could say Miami. Of course, with the momentum mm-hmm. from this game, but you could also look at San Antonio for three quarters, three and a half quarters, they were the better team. Right. And throughout a large part of this series, they have been a better team. Right. I mean, you discount the the blowout game, too. I mean, they for the first three quarters of that game, mm-hmm. they were the better team. So it's just all about execution now. Well, as you mentioned, Chris, I mean, it's going to come a point in time where one of the teams are going to say, okay, I know we're tired, I know we're banged up. Legs are heavy, but we have to go out and get this stop, or we have to go out and execute this play to get this basket to put us ahead. Because any small mistake will, will ultimately decide the game in my eyes. Because I don't feel that no team is going to break away Thursday night. I just don't. I just can't see it. It's, yeah. it's just not going to happen. And the series has been back and forth for six games. Some players have good games, one game, then the next game they don't show up. So. We saw bad Manu Ginobili uh, last night. We could see good Manu Ginobili Thursday night. Yeah. We saw good Mario Chalmers last night. We could see bad Mario Chalmers Thursday night. So that's just that just lets you know how, how things are, are going with this series. And the thing that really worries me about San Antonio and, and going into Game 7 was 
they put so much into game six and trying to win that game, especially Tim Duncan, because when you have a player like Tim Duncan who's up there in age, has been through it all, and he comes out and drops 25 points in the first half and really just dominates his the defense and his man, that lets you know that hey, he wants to just end this right yeah. now. He feels that he doesn't he doesn't he won't have enough to go into game seven to finish off the Miami Heat. So he wants to finish the game now. And to have them lose that game and to be dejected and have a demoralizing loss like that, it's going to be difficult for him to come back in the game seven. But you never know. It's Tim Duncan. He's been through it all, so I'm not going to count him out. I would never do that. But when you have a player put so much and so much effort into one game and they don't come out on the winning side, it's really tough to come back from. But you never know what's going to happen in game seven. That's why we play game seven. You just you just don't know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing that I also look at, you just talked about San Antonio, when you talk about Miami, like they've looked their best without Bosch and Wade being on the floor. Right. And that's something, you know, that's kind of crazy to think mm-hmm. about. I mean, LeBron looks a lot more comfortable. He's more assertive on the offensive end. He's pretty much like, hey, I know where the shooters are at. I know where they're going to be at when I drive. I mean, he's, there's such a level of comfort and it's such a stark, uh, drastic change to when Wade and Bosch is on the floor. Right. It's almost like they're, you know, pretty much like just in his way. Almost, right. or you know, he doesn't have the same driving lanes or opportunities when they're on the floor. I mean, and that's a little bit of an issue because you know those guys are essentially guys you need on the floor right. Right. to win. And now when you look, I can't. I'm trying to remember what the lineup was to start that fourth. I believe Ray Allen, Mike Miller, Mike Miller. Chalmers, right. and I can't think of who LeBron and I believe it was uh, Birdman Anderson. It might have been. It may have been Chris. Oh, it, it may have been Mario Chalmers. Yeah, it could have been Mario Chalmers. Yeah, as but well. you know the fact that he knows where has this been? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. There's no way we should ever be talking about Boris Diaw being able to slow LeBron James right. down or stop him in any form or fashion. I mean, this guy is slow footed. I mean, he's bulky. I mean, yeah. he he does allow a hindrance to LeBron, you know, from posting up because he's just as big as he right. is. But as far as when LeBron's facing him up or anything like that, there's no way Boris Diaw can cover him. There's mm-hmm. no way anybody on the low block should be able to uh, stop LeBron James. So I'm just looking at that situation and does Eric Spolscher go to that again mm-hmm. in the second half if the game is, you know, sort of getting away from him? Do you take Wade out? Do you take Bosch out and just open the floor for LeBron? Because right. clearly, like, he's at his best when he's in attack mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget about, you know, deferring to your teammates too much, trying to keep them involved in the game. If it's that second half and your team is on the ropes like that, just you got to leave it all out there, like you said last night. All right, Thursday night, game seven. I'm sticking to my prediction, Heat and seven. I'm riding with Miami. I think they pull it out on their home court. And this sets, well, game seven sets the stage to add to LeBron's legacy. Yeah. If you want to say it, put it like that, because it's his league. Is his championship to lose. I just don't feel that anyone will be able to deny him an, an NBA championship. I don't feel that that will happen. As long as he stays on this path that he's on in terms of just dominating the competition. I think it started back last year in Game 6 against Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. He played that game. He went on to win the NBA championship. He won the MVP award for the third time that for, for his career. Olympics, he dominated. Really put the team on his back for them to win a gold medal. Mm-hmm. This year, he dominates MVP, and he's dominated the 
dominating or playing strong basketball. I'm not going to say dominating, but yeah. playing very strong basketball throughout the playoffs. Two triple doubles so far in this NBA Finals, which is something that we haven't seen in a very long time. And I think the last person that has, has done that may have been Magic Johnson. I know people are going to be trying to look this up and try and correct me <laughs> on this, but I'm just off the top of my head. I think the last person that, that, that has done that was Magic Johnson to have two triple doubles in the NBA Finals. But I think that Miami pulls the game out. It's going to be a very close game. I just think that it comes. It will come down to that possession where we will see LeBron defending a Tony Parker on the pick and roll and he prevents Parker from turning that corner to get to the basket or eliminating Parker's ability to create space from his defender to get that jump shot off. I think they get the stop, they get the win, and Miami will be the 2013 NBA champions. Well, I've been telling people privately that I had San Antonio uh, in seven. I still do. Uh, the only thing that, you know, the only reason I say that because I believe that Will Wade and Bosch provide enough right. for LeBron. I believe LeBron will come out and deliver, mm -hmm. but you know those other two guys, whatever they give them, it has to be what they gave them, I believe, game four, when all three of them were clicking. If right. that happens, Miami wins right. easily, but if those guys at all are tentative and are struggling, you know, it's San Antonio's game. I mean, and you would hate to see it for a talent as great as LeBron. For, yeah. be, you know, because whatever they do in the series, they can struggle. Chris Bosh can go 0 for 10, Wade can go 3 for 15. They're not going to bear the brunt of the criticism LeBron is. We're all going to look at his stats and say, oh, you only shot the ball 18 times. Like, yeah. how, how could you only shoot it 18 <laughs> times in the game seven? So it's a little bit unfair that his level of talent has placed probably like unsurmountable expectations on him. Right. Expectations that... Some that aren't really fair. Yeah, I mean, but his level of play has kind of demanded that and we all right. seen what he can do. We all know what he's capable of. But at the same time, this guy came to Miami for a reason. He came with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh for a reason. Right. So those guys got to step up and... You know, I still say San Antonio 7, but I'm hoping Wade and Bosch prove me wrong. Well, Game 7, Thursday night, ABC. We had a, what, 7.38 or 8 p.m. start start time on ABC. So, it's going to be interesting, man. I'm just, I don't have high expectations just given the, the last Game 7 that we saw against the Lakers yeah. and the Celtics because that game was so hyped and everyone thought it was going to be a back-and-forth battle and it was just ugly basketball, <laughs> just tired, ugly, poor shooting basketball. So, I will see what's going to happen. So, uh, if you want to to, to, to give your thoughts on, on anything that we talked about, hit us on Twitter. C4Dunk, that's tw Chris's Twitter handle, and Cameron Smith, that's my Twitter handle. We're on iTunes, so make sure you subscribe, listen to us, and, and uh, give us some feedback on what's going on. But again, I'm going with Miami and 7. Chris is going with San Antonio and 7, so we'll see what happens on Thursday night. All right, take care, guys.